Good morning. This is Ask Andy, a daily podcast about the ins and outs of personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me at 215-259-3687 or on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So I wanted to talk to you today about lawyers taking cases from other lawyers. My business is a competitive one, just like any other business, and there is competition for cases, and there is competition for clients. Uh, Most clients, particularly the best clients, are ones who have not had a case before and may have, as a result, no way to make a good judgment about whether the right lawyer or who the right lawyer is for them. So there are situations where clients want to leave lawyers. And for the most part, within the plaintiff's bar, we try not to take cases from each other. It's bad for business, and it also is sort of bad karma. I don't want someone stealing a case from me, and I don't want to be stealing cases from other people. Nevertheless, there are times when either your lawyer says, I don't want to represent you anymore, or you say, I'm tired of my lawyer, he or she's not doing enough, or something like that. But, you know, it immediately raises questions with lawyer number two about, well, what's wrong with the client? Because generally, you know, we feel like most lawyers most of the time are mostly good at what they're doing or they wouldn't be in business. So it raises some questions in our mind. I have cases where I'm the third or fourth lawyer on the file. um, And, you know, it's (laughs) unsurprisingly, it's not a perfect case. You know, if it were a perfect case, the prior two or three lawyers wouldn't have gotten rid of it. Now, in that particular case, one of the lawyers has been disbarred. So, you know, the client was <laughs> was right to be leaving him. Nevertheless, you know, between us plaintiff's lawyers, we are, you know, we kind of have a rule of thumb on our side of the fence or on our bars to how to approach this. We're supposed to contact the client, when the client reaches out to us, tell the client they should go back and try with their lawyer. And if the client refuses to do that, the client has to take the file away. And then we contact the other lawyer eventually. They may scream at us. They may not. We may scream back. We may not. But usually what we'll do is we'll cover the costs that have been expended by the prior firm. And if there's a lot of work done, we'll work out some arrangement to, you know, compensate them for their time. Usually the kind of easy rule of thumb is that even though the prior firm is not, you know, legally or lawfully or rightfully entitled to a referral fee, it's easier in my world if I just pay them a third of any recovery and we kind of smooth things over that way. You know, one at, at the bottom line, if, if the first firm is being a pain about it with me, you know, I'm going to feel less bad about it. I don't want people taking cases away from me, and I'll certainly write nasty letters to the receiving firm. Uh, But that's not really going to help anything anyway. You don't want a client in your stable of cases who doesn't like you or isn't happy with you. So, you know, there may be some fighting back and forth among the lawyers, but, you know, at the end of the day, there are two things. One, you want the client to be happy. And two, you know, you want to make sure your expenses are covered and any hard work you've done is, is, uh, compensated for. So, you know, that's part of the 
general equation. For some reason, the other day, I had three clients who wanted me to take files away from other lawyers. You know, inevitably, there's something right or wrong in these situations. And, you know, each case is very case specific. So, but I did want to kind of address how to be a good personal injury client. The first rule of thumb these days, unfortunately, is don't be on social media talking about, you know, how you were at Sky Zone jumping all around on trampolines. I've addressed this before in some other podcasts, but, you know, generally staying off social media is a good rule of thumb. Second of all, you know, to be a good personal injury client, you got to have good communication with your lawyer. One about, you know, what the lawyer's plan is for your case, when it's going to go into suit, when a demand is going to get made, and, you know, generally what the expectations are. I've had clients be very upset with me because they thought there was more insurance available than there was. So I've taken it upon myself now to make sure everyone understands exactly how much insurance there is available for their case. So you don't want a client thinking that they're going to hit for $300,000 on their case when there's only $100,000 in insurance coverage. So at, at least the available insurance coverage often sets the parameters for expectations of the client. Now, the client may expect to get the full amount of available coverage, and you as the lawyer may think that's unreasonable, but that's a different discussion. Another, you know, how to be a good client is to not expect punitive damages. Your case is most likely a run-of-the-mill personal injury case, even though it may be the only case you've ever had, and a big deal to you and, and possibly a life-changing event, we see a lot of cases and we see a lot of people and we see a lot of situations. And most of the time, your case can be pigeonholed into a particular scenario and we can tell you roughly how your case is going to play out up to a point. And that point is always, well, we don't know what a jury's gonna do, but we sort of guess based on experience. Nevertheless, it is extraordinarily unlikely to obtain punitive damages. So anytime a client comes in looking for to get punitive damages as a way to make their case more valuable, you know, that's a red flag that, that you know, the client needs to be talked to about what's reasonable and what's likely to occur. And few, if any, judges are going to allow punitive damages on a case, and few, if any, arbitrators or mediators are going to take that claim seriously. Um, I'll tell you, I was in court on a trial about two months ago, and the defense counsel had persisted in believing that it was not a case involving punitive damages. It was one of the few cases I've handled recently where there was a potential for punitive damages, and the reason for the potential for punitive damages was uh, about as strong as you can imagine. So the setup for that case was as follows. The driver of the vehicle, my client was the passenger in the car, the driver in the vehicle had crashed the car at high speed coming off the Schuylkill on one of the exits. And the driver was kind of a young, you know, bullheaded guy. He said in a recorded statement to his insurance company, 
yeah, I was doing about 100 miles an hour. And the claim rep said, 100 miles an hour? And he said, yeah, at least 100 miles an hour. So, you know, it's unusual that people will make admissions like that. But if you're going 100 miles an hour, even on the Schuylkill where the speed is 55 and you take an exit, you know, and, and you admit that you took the exit at 75 or 80 miles an hour, that's egregious and reckless. And, and that's kind of the definition of punitive damages. Most of the time, even if people are going 100 miles an hour, they're not going to give that statement on an audio recording. So anyway, we went to court. We were actually had picked a jury and the judge, you know, I asked the judge to allow the punitive damages to be argued. And defense counsel opposed the motion or my argument. And the judge said, no, you know, based on the facts, I'm going to let that testimony come in. And shortly thereafter, the case settled for about seven times what the last offer was. Okay? Just on the basis of that decision, because insurance companies don't like being on the hook for punitive damages, they're generally not covered by insurance, and, you know, it's a big deal for a jury to hear that they can punish the defendant. Whether they would have punished this defendant or not, I don't know. But, you know, generally when a client comes to a lawyer seeking punitive damages, um, you know, I start worrying about is this client, one, reasonable, two, are they, you know, how much education are they going to need to understand that that is not likely to occur? As long as they give that up as not likely to occur, I can probably keep working with them. Finally, you know, just like any other profession, a good client is going to be someone who trusts their lawyer. They may disagree with how the lawyer values the case or how the lawyer looks at things or where to emphasize or not. But you got to trust your lawyer because this is what they do every day. So, you know, there's all manner of Google searching these days. But a lot of what I do as a lawyer and what personal injury lawyers do on both sides for plaintiffs or for the insurance companies is a lot of professional judgment. It's just about having handled a lot of these cases a lot of the time. You can sort of guess roughly how they're going to turn out. There are cases that are outliers that don't turn out how you think they're going to. But the average case is mostly predictable in terms of how it's going to play out. What the value is, you know, every case is slightly different. But if you come to a lawyer, you know, one of the things you're paying for is their years of experience and judgment. And the other thing you're paying for is they're willing to risk their work their time and their money on your case. So if they're willing to risk it on your case and they're not just warehousing cases and, and running a huge caseload, you got to believe they believe in you and they believe in your case. So, you know, every now and then there, there are conversations with clients who don't agree with what I'm doing or don't agree with the valuation is usually where the client becomes unhappy. And, um, you know, generally my experience is that my judgment is more accurate than the client's just because I've had 10 times more experience doing this and seeing these cases. So, you know, that's not to say there aren't vigorous discussions back and forth about what the value of the case is or how the case has affected you as the client. But generally, 
you know, the rules of thumb are stay off social media, trust your lawyer, don't be a tinfoil hat or a unreasonable client. And generally, most lawyers, most of the time, uh, know what they're doing. So that's enough for today. I'm Andrew Newworth. My number is 215-259-3687. It is free to talk to me. There's no consultation fee. And finally, I hold people accountable. That's what I do. Thanks. Have a great day.